Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on episode 224 of Wheel Bearings, the Toyota Prius Prime, the new Nissan Pathfinder, the Honda Civic Si, BMW's new XM concept, uh, a short run for the new Toyota GR86 in Europe, and Polestar's upcoming models. All that and more coming up next. Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. This is episode 224 of Wheelbearings. I'm Sam Abu Al Salmon from Guidehouse Insights. I am Nicole Wakeland from OSA New Outlet Forbes Wheels. And I am Roberto Baldwin from Digital Trends, all the trends that are digital. Very good. Nicole, what have you yes. been playing with this week? I, and playing with is the right description. I have the 2022 Honda Civic Si four-door in blazing orange. Ooh, if ever blazing. a car I love bold colors. Blazing orange. It is such the perfect color for this car too, like white, gray, black, meh. But this fun little thing, blazing orange, yes, that it, it fits with the kind of car this is. So this has a 1.5 liter uh, turbocharged four-cylinder. It's 200 horsepower and, you guys, six-speed manual transmission. Yay! So it's fun to get to drive a manual because I think I maybe get like half a dozen of those over the course of a year um, because nobody drives them anymore because the world is a sad, sad place. But I love having a car with a manual transmission. So this is super fun. 200 horsepower doesn't sound like a lot, but this is a small car. This isn't some great big SUV. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a relatively small little car very fun to drive. It has a series of modes that you can change when you put it in sport mode. You can feel everything sort of hunker down and get heavy and it sounds amazing. Um, it's a little bit of a head turner. You know, this is just, this is a sedan, right? So sedans aren't normally the kind of car that 
people generally look at unless they're like outrageously expensive and just ooze money and luxury as you drive down the road. But this, this attracted some attention. People like this one. Um, it has really nice interior details. I like how they styled it. You know, it has like sports seats. Say SI is like embroidered sort of on the headrest. There's a sort of honeycomb pattern that goes across the dashboard um, that gives it a little personality. Although my daughter said she thinks it looks silly. I don't know why she just doesn't like honeybees, I guess. But I'm like, I like the little honeycomb <laughs> thing. She's like, I don't like it. I'm like, but it looks cool. She's like, no, it doesn't. So I guess if you're 17, honeycomb, not cool. If you're my age, honeycomb, super cool. Um, very fun to drive this. It has, um, it's, you know, when you're driving a manual transmission, there's always that, that moment, like, you know how to drive one, but it takes you a little time to figure out exactly the right point for the clutch on every one. So you spend the first half hour in the car, like, okay, wait, am I going to stall this? Like I've never driven before. This is very quick, very, very quickly. You get the hang of this one. Super easy. Very nice. Light, um, light clutch. It's, I got stuck in stop and go traffic because there was an accident, which is like the worst because you're constantly off and on and off and on and off and on. And you feel like your left leg is getting a workout. Um, that is not fun, but this is a light enough clutch. It's still a sporty car, but not one of those where the clutch is so heavy that you feel like it's annoying. Anytime you're stuck in any kind of traffic handles just as beautifully as you would expect. If you want to take this on really like we have a section of highway where there's this huge swooping on ramp um, and you can get going pretty fast on it because you're getting up to highway speeds. You can take this, you can take it a heck of a lot faster than the law would probably allow me to take uh, to get onto the highway. And it just stays so controlled and so planted. You always feel very in control. The only drawback to the drive, and this is something that I mentioned driving the um, the Hyundai, the ends the other week, the Elantra <coughs> and the Kona, that it's harsh. You know, we, it's that time of year where we've started to get a little, you know, the frost heaves, which I guess some people don't know what that is. The ice freezes under the road. It makes bumps that your car goes kaboom over because it expands. Uh, we're starting to get some of that. So the roads aren't as great. <laughs> they're never great. They're not as, they're worse than normal. <laughs> they're they never great. Welcome to life good. in Michigan where we have frost heaves year round. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. I mean, it's not that much better here. So, um, but you do feel that. So if you're, you know, if you aren't aware of, of what the road is in front of you, if you aren't really cognizant of like, oh, I got to watch that. There's a bit of a pothole. There's a frost heave there. The pavement's just a little bit broken. You do feel it. So it can be a little bit harsh, but it's not so harsh that it's going to rattle your, you know, fillings out of your teeth. It's just something that you will notice. A relatively roomy compact car. My, like I said, my daughter's 17. My husband is six, three. He sat in the front seat. She sat in the back seat and her knees weren't pushed up to her chest. She had enough room. Um, I don't necessarily think I'd put five people in this car, but four people <coughs> would be just fine. Um, and I think even as a cruiser, you know, like I said, driving around town, you feel that harshness because they're city streets and, you know, country roads and they can get kind of torn up. Driving on the highway, which by and large, most highways are pretty smooth. I don't know, maybe not in Michigan, Sam. The rest of the world, uh, highways are pretty smooth. So you don't really care about the ride being a bit more harsh because the pavement's so smooth anyway. And what you do just get is this really nice controlled drive. It's very aggressive if you need the power to pass someone who's going just a little bit too slow. You just want to go a little bit faster and you're already, you know, going 55, 60 miles an hour. You can, there's enough power that you can easily say, okay, no problem. I'm going to pass this guy and get around him. And it is, the handling is so good that it makes it kind of fun 
to drive in rush hour traffic. You know, if you're trying to get in and out and, and go between smaller, uh, slower cars and faster cars, if you don't have something that handles well, you can't really do that. You're sort of stuck because you don't have the, the handling combined with the power to do that. You can go it, you know, you can make some serious progress passing other cars, getting around people, and it feels so well mannered and it's fun. It's just an incredibly fun car to drive. And, you know, blazing orange. Love this color. So overall, I like it. Um, as far as <coughs> price on this, you guys, there's no price on my Monroni. So I'm going to have to look it up. Um, all it tells me is that that blazing orange paint costs $395. That is literally the only Ooh. number that is on here. That's, um, well, that's not so, so bad. That's, did yeah, you, did so. you have the HPT? Yes, I did. Do you so, have it in front of you, Sam? Yeah. So that one starts at $27,895. Uh, that's, I think that's not including the delivery charge. So it's a thousand dollars. So 20, $29,000, just shy, just shy of $29,000. Let's say $29,000. So for yeah. $29,000 and the EPA estimated fuel economy combined is 31. Um, that's not bad. You know, it's, you get a lot of car for that price. You can spend less, but it's not as fun. You, you're feel, it feels like it should cost a little bit more about that than that. Honestly, when you say that number, say I was like, well, I was expecting it to creep over 30 just because of, of how sporty it is. Now, maybe that's partly because like the, the one I have, and it doesn't look like it has, again, I don't have pricing, but it doesn't look like there's a lot added on other than the fact that there's that premium exterior color. So you are coming in under 30. It doesn't have like power seats and leather and, you know, hand tooled by happy little artisans, you know, wood trim or whatever. So you don't have some of that stuff for that price. Um, but you know, as a, a hot little sedan to drive around, especially if you're a bit younger and you're on a budget and you don't need a huge amount of space in a trunk, you don't need all that, you know, extra utility of buying a crossover. I would get this is fun. I like it. Thumbs up. So I haven't driven the the regular twenty two Civic yet. Um, yeah, so I, I don't have a point of reference. Have you driven the the standard version yet? Yes, I believe I did, but it's been a little while ago. I don't remember. I, I my memory is that this definitely has a sportier vibe to it. You can feel that sportiness to it. Um, I like the Civic. I've been a longtime fan of the Civic, though. I mean, styling and things have changed over the years, but I've always felt like the Civic has been a pretty solid option. Um, I owned a couple of Civics back in the day, so I clearly like them. Uh, I, I find, you know, Honda makes a good, reliable car. They're consistently reliable. They consistently have a good resale value. That hasn't changed regardless you know, of the model year, you know, pretty much it's always, you can count on that with Honda. And I feel like the current Civic, the 22 does the same thing. And this one just gives you that extra little bit of sport. I feel like this is the kind of car that you're going to see. Uh, like it's just coming out now. I think it's literally just hitting dealerships, the SI. And I feel like next summer when I drive by the little local car show in our target parking lot, I'm going to see some of these with unnecessary sport, unnecessary spoilers and, you know, new wheels and, you know, all sorts of lights underneath. And I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, looking at the specs, the, the SI only has 20 horsepower more than the standard civic with the 1.5 liter turbo. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if you can get that one with the, if you can get the one five turbo, uh, with a manual, uh, mm. apart from the civic or apart from, apart from the SI, SI. From the SI? Um, good question. I don't know. I know they have the, uh, they have the sport, which has the, uh, uh, it has the two liter 
the older two-liter um, naturally aspirated engine, which is only 156 horsepower. Um, but the the SI, or, or rather, rather the you know the, the the regular version of that 15, you know, is also a really nice engine. And I remember the you know the previous generation. I drove the SI, and you know I we own a, a 2017 Civic with that 1.5 turbo in there, and I found that you know the the extra 20 horsepower or so that you get with the SI didn't really make it feel a whole lot quicker. Obviously the, you know, the, the sportier suspension does make a difference, but it also, you pay a price in ride quality. And so, you know, when you live somewhere like Michigan or New Hampshire, um, you know, that can be a challenge. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we opted to go with the standard, you know, with a Civic EX instead of, uh, instead of getting, you know, uh, one of the, you know, a touring model or, or the, uh, um, the SI with the larger, the larger wheels, you know, the, the EX that we have is on 17 inch alloys. Whereas, you know, the, uh, the touring, you know, or the sport touring, um, and even, even the, the, just the, the base sport that they had in the previous generation, um, came with 18 inch wheels, lower profile tires. And, you know, we've had, you know, I've had to replace a couple of <coughs> wheels over the years and multiple tires over the years that damaged from potholes and frost heaves. Uh, so, you know, that's definitely something to consider, you know, if you live somewhere, uh, where the road conditions at least part of the year are not very good. Well, and Sam, I actually just dug into Honda's site and pulled up the specs for the 2022 Civic in general. Um, and you said you have what there's like, if you're in the EX or touring, you're looking at 180 horsepower, but if you step down to the LX or the sport, it's a hundred and... Uh, right, because they so, have they have a, a naturally aspirated two liter four right. So you get a big you'll get a bigger jump. I mean, there's a small jump between the top two trims, a larger jump between the lower ones. But also, from what I'm seeing as I'm skating down the sheet, you get um, two different CVTs, but you get CVTs. Okay. Um, I don't see a manual so, transmission available on this. And when you if you're either on the sport. Or the touring, you get little paddle shifters, <clears throat> excuse me, so you can play around a little bit, but you're only going to get a manual transmission, it looks like. So it looks like, like the manual's only on the SI now. Yes, yeah. and I don't know about that. There's also the Type R, right? Isn't there? Yeah, the Type R is coming in the spring, I think. Yeah, uh, some, so that, in that, right, so probably that too, but not yet. <laughs> right. I, yeah, that, that'll definitely have a manual. Yeah. Yeah. So I, those will be your two options if you like a manual. I drove the touring SI at the, in November. For a little while and it's nice you know as a cv it's a honda civic and that's that's this, the thing is you get into a honda and you're you close the door and it has a nice satisfying thud that you mm-hmm. get is dump you're like oh yeah this feels like a car that's built by you know master craftsman you know <laughs> it's, it's it's you know you're not getting this luxury interior but instead you're getting this incredible build quality um, you know, they typically handle a little bit better than their, than their, their class. Uh, even when you're looking at the touring, um, I remember the last, the type R last generation, that transmission was amazing. The transmission and clutch were just probably perfect, s- perfect mm-hmm. probably the best on the market. Um, but yeah, yeah, I drove the touring and it was, it's nice. It's an, you know, you're looking for a nice sedan that, uh, is going to last for 7,000 years that you'll be able to turn around and sell uh, for like $3 less than what you pot, bought it for. When I, I bought a used 1990 Honda Civic DX hatchback in 1992, 
Um, I bought it from uh, uh, um, the school psychologist. (laughs) 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 But um, she ended up selling it to me for like a really, really great deal. And when I went to the uh, when I went to to get the loan from the uh, the people were like, oh. You sure you're paying this much? I'm like, yeah. They're like, you know what's weird? This car is worth more now than it was new. This was in the, in the early 90s. And yeah, that car, it was bulletproof. It was just a bulletproof car. And, and you know, they just continued to make these very bulletproof vehicles. And you can't, can't go wrong with the Honda Civic is what it comes down yeah. to. Uh, so I, I just checked in the, uh, the Civic uh, with the hatchback. If you get the hatchback, the Civic Sport is available with a manual. Ah, there you go. But only again with that two-liter engine, the 158 horsepower engine. So you can't you can't get the Civic Sport um, with the tur- with the 1.5 turbo and a manual, which is unfortunate. So if you want the turbo uh, and the manual, you got to go SI. That's oh, I mean that's I mean that's where the manuals are anyway. When yeah. most of the time they're, oh, they're only on enthusiast vehicles. You you can get the Civic Sport Touring. So that's the top trim level in the uh, in the um, in the hatchback with the, the 180 horsepower engine and the manual. So that's, that's oh, kind of that's the closest nice. equivalent closest to an SI thing. with the hatchback. And, you know, the, the advantage with the, with the hatchback, uh, and this is one of the reasons why we, we bought a hatch instead of a sedan, is you get that huge opening in the back and yeah. lots of cargo area. I mean, the, the Civic sedan has got a decent-sized uh, trunk, but, you know, any of these modern, you know, coupe-like sedans, you know, fastback designed sedans like the Civic and, and pretty much everything else. Over there, <coughs> it, it, they, they have a relatively small trunk opening. So if you want to put big stuff in the back, you know, something you find at a yard sale or an estate sale or, you know, all your Costco stuff, you know, it's a hassle to, to get it through that trunk opening. And with the hatchback, you get a big trunk opening. You can fold the back seat down. You have a huge amount of cargo space back there. It's kind of like having an SUV, but in a car. Uh, and, you know, it, it's just, it's way more practical uh, than the sedan. Yeah, I loved my hatchback. That was a great car. I shouldn't have sold it. I'm still, like, kind of sad I sold that thing. <laughs> well, you know, we, we've had, we've had the, uh, the, the Civic for over four and a half years. Going, it's going to be five years in April. And the only thing I've had to do to it is oil changes entire rotations, you know, basically once a year because my wife only drives about 8,000 miles a year. You know, wow. That's, that's all I've had to do to it. Nothing, nothing else is, you know, and, and replacing an air filter. Yeah. So it's just everything else bullet, is perfect. Bulletproof. Yep. Bulletproof car. All right. Roberto, what about you? This week, I was driving the Nissan Pathfinder, which I'm pretty sure you both have already driven, correct? Yeah. Yes. Nicole really liked it. Um, I do. I like the Pathfinder. It is a – I feel like it's a a nice upgrade from what we had before. Um, I think there's – but I'm also the person who remembers when the the Pathfinder came out, and it was like a forerunner. That's – it was like like an off-road machine. And now it's just like a big – now it's like a Chevy Tahoe. Now it's just you know it's that's that's what it feels like. But it, you know it it is much nicer than it was before. Uh, it's comfortable. We drove it around. We went and picked up some very heavy uh, cement turtle. We picked up a very <laughs> heavy cement turtle for the for a I, cement turtle. What happened to mulch? Robbie, that's I, we we needed we oh, needed the turtle. turtle. It's heavier. It's heavier than mulch. 
Does yeah, it, it have, does like water spout out of the cement turtle? No, it's or like two sections of a turtle, and then it has a thing where you're supposed to put a bench. It's very old. We found it like at an antique place um, that my wife really enjoys. Now I'm trying to figure out this. And I just toss so them in the back. I will require a picture of said cement I will, turtle I will, at some I will, point. I will send you a picture yep. of the cement turtle. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we picked up a very heavy thing with it. It was no problem. Um, it's very nice. It's very comfortable. Everything is where it should be. The infotainment system is fine, which is, you know, almost high praise at this point for most infotainment systems. You're like, well, that's good enough. <laughs> 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 that's fine. Um, yeah, it's uh, the, the, so I didn't get a Monroney with this. I don't, I don't know why. It's very weird. Uh, but the starting price for the, for the Pathfinder is 33680 This one, I have the SL all-wheel drive, which if you're going to get a big truck, if you live anywhere that's not L.A., and you plan on doing anything that involves snow or rain or incident or inclement weather or dirt, you might want to opt for that. Well, I got the SL four-wheel drive. It starts at forty-one eight forty. Um, it is. Uh, it's very nice. It's here. It's steering wheel. It has the. It has um, uh, Nissan's. Um, what do you call it? Their their drive assist technology. It's got some pro pilot. pilot. Uh, it's, it was pro pilot, but then when for the United States they renamed it pro pilot assist. I remember that was a big deal because autopilot and autopilot was getting so much, you know, guff for not actually being autopilot. Um, even though people were like, "Well, oh, no, but you know, on a plane, no, no, no. It doesn't matter what's on the technical term for for autopilot. What the what the human race understands autopilot as <laughs> is something that does itself. It does it Humanity. by itself. Humanity. <laughs> don't get off. I, yeah, I'd, I'd like don't. to think I played a small part in that rebranding because back in. <laughs> I think it was about 2017 or so at CES, Carlos Ghosn uh, did a keynote there and he talked extensively about ProPilot and kept referring to it as autonomous. Oof. Um, and, oh, gosh. You know, and, you know, it is way not, not It is not autonomous. autonomous. Not even Nothing. remotely yeah. close. Um, and uh, the following week, you know, this was when uh, the, the Detroit Auto Show came the week right after CES. He did a, he did a speech there and you know said basically the same thing and i went to one of the uh one of the pr people at, at uh, nissan and said look guys you got to stop calling you got to tell him to stop calling this autonomous because it's it's wrong it's not it's not autonomous uh you know, and you know he, he agreed that yeah we, we got to stop doing that and uh, <laughs> five months later when they actually did the the first uh demo drives of the pilot for the US <laughs> Um, you know, they said, you know, that's when they officially started branding it as ProPilot Assist. ProPilot Assist. Yeah. Good it, you job, know, Sam. Good job. Um, you know, when it came out, it was actually um, a few years ago, it was actually like one of the best in the market. Um, now it feels a little like it hasn't been uh, upgraded all that much when it comes to lane, uh, lane centering. It feels a little... Um, it feels a little, little, little jagged, a little bit as it's turning yeah. and stuff. Just, a, just a scooch. It's not as smooth as other uh, systems on the market um, along the same roads that I drive with those, with those systems. Um, but no, it's, it works fine. It's, you know, it, I didn't have. It doesn't do any like insane. You know, I, I remember earlier systems. Whenever a car would move out of the way, the car would just take off. Like it's slammed the accelerator down. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, the adaptive yes. cruiser like whoa, whoa, whoa. Ah. <laughs> Hold on. So yeah, it doesn't do that. Like cut-ins, <laughs> it handles cut-ins really well. Um, 
but you know the <clears throat> sorry the lane centering is you know it's it still works it's you know but it's 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 a feels a, just a little bit more jagged than than um, some of the other stuff. Uh, I still think you know it's, if you're if you're someone who who commutes on a daily basis, you're gonna probably want to get the the Pro Pilot Assist because um, it's well it's standard on this vehicle, but you know it's 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 just a, a little extra something to kind of help you when you after a long day of work and your brain's already messed and fried, and now you got to drive home. Yes, you still have to pay attention. Um, but yeah, it does a, it does a good job. This vehicle gets uh, that, that was the worst segue ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where is the the oh? So its combined is twenty three. It's pretty big car for twenty three. I, I wish it was better. I always wish these large vehicles they could get. But you know, you're you're essentially driving a billboard. They're all big and flat. And um, if we've learned anything is that automakers can make cars that have a lower drag coefficient because of uh, EVs, but they just sometimes don't. They just eh, whatever. This is what people want. This is what it looks like. Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that the new tagline? Nissan Pathfinder. Suck it. No, I is think it's just like... all all the big cars. I mean, anything that's like you know the Ford Bronco. Why isn't that a hybrid when it first you know this first year? I know why. I know marketing. I know reasoning. They're like, oh, we'll send a bunch of gas ones, and then next year we'll show the hybrid, and then we sell a bunch of those. And yeah, well, okay, I get it. I understand. But at the same time, twenty-three miles is you know for a big car like that, it's fine. But it's also hey, it's better than that Tahoe I was driving last week that got about. What was 12. the Tahoe like? Seventeen? Oh, twelve. Ah. Oh. Well, it's Man. rated at 17, but it got about 12. I, you know, I, I drove it. Um, most, it's been mostly on the, the highway um, with a few things and, and picking up giant concrete turtles. And I think my combined is about, I'm trying to, my brain, 21 point, I just say 22. So 22. So it's pretty, it's, it's pretty on par with what you would expect. Um, yeah, no, it's it is a very nice, comfortable vehicle. There's there's lots of room. Um, I have not tried to sit in the third row. I typically don't do that much anymore, just because it just don't fit. And I look back there and I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna fit. So you know, most third rows are still for for tiny children. Um, but is yeah, I think you know Nissan. You know, after years of just sort of being out in the wilderness, they they're still like battling their way back. And I think this Pathfinder is is a is a good sign of of what's to come from from the automaker. So. Good on them for the uh, forty-one thousand, uh, eight hundred forty-dollar Pathfinder SL. I'm sure the one I have costs more, but I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. I, I don't have any a, sheet. I don't know. It, it, it is a huge improvement over the old one, which you know was kind of, yeah, it was kind of it's dull just, to look at, and it was dull and janky. It's, yeah. Yeah. I think they this one look just looks so much better. I know people always say like I'm really into looks of the car, but you look at it all the time. You see it sitting in your driveway, you're sitting in the seat, yeah. you're looking at it. You're looking at that thing all the time. And this one does look better. It does I love look how nicer. they've done the what's the the way they do the spacing now for the letters on the back, like instead of Pathfinder yeah. all close together. Mm-hmm. I, there's a word for what that's called and I've I've the kerning. Yeah. The kerning, kerning of the is letters. Kerning is that what it kerning of the I like the kerning of the letters. Um yeah. Or it's I kerning or leading. That, that's horrible. I'm a design. I have a design degree, and I had like take classes in typography, <laughs> and I can't remember if it's kerning or, 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 or leading. Anyway, okay. yeah. Anyway, they so space out the one letters. Of those, whatever. Yeah. The, then I'm just gonna go with my my business major thing. The way they space the letters looks cool. There we yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> it does look very nice. Yeah, it, it doesn't look. Um, I feel like a lot of people are making their 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 names so large that it looks out of place on a vehicle when it yeah. comes to to uh, branding. 
Um, but no, no, it actually it looks nice. It, it fits well with uh, with with the back of the vehicle. So yeah, I think you know one of the best things about this new Pathfinder and also the Infinity QX60 um, yeah, is if you are going to use those third rows, the way that they've set up the second row seats, so they they pivot from the front. So when you release it to get into the third row, it's not just the the seat folding down and then sliding forward. The whole seat, the, the, the rear seat, the second row seat back stays in, in place and the whole thing just tilts up and forward. So if you have, you know, car seats in those second rows, you don't have to take out the car seat. You, it, you can leave the car seat in place and the whole thing just tips forward and you actually have pretty good access to that third row. I, you know, I have climbed into that third row and, you know, it's not somewhere I would want to take a long road trip, but, you know... <laughs> Going across town, you know, even, you know, going, you know, a half hour drive, you know, I can sit in there comfortably. You know, I have enough headroom and enough knee room uh, that, you know, I can, I can reasonably sit in there, you know, to, if you've got, you know, three couples going out to dinner or something, I can, I can take the, yeah, the last you can, row. You can put not, not a big reg, regular size people in the back for, um, for short distances. And You're I'm like, going hey, second. We're going, to, we're going into the steakhouse. Yeah. That the notion back. that the seat, the, the way that it moves, like that it doesn't just move forward, like the tip and slide thing, not having to remove a car seat. I remember that being such a colossal pain in the butt when my kids were little, that if you needed to get anything, get an adult in the back or even just get another kid into the back that you had, it was like, okay, I got to take this car seat out. I got to hold the car seat. Timmy, climb in the back of the car get in, go, go, okay, put the car seat back in the car. It was a hassle. It doesn't sound like a big deal no, until that's you're a, a parent and suddenly you're balancing a kid in one arm and a giant car seat in the other because you can't you can't do both you just be able to like do that and let the kids hop in back and if they can buckle buckle or buckle them in oh my gosh that is like that is such a cool feature it's one of those things i look at now and i'm like why did nobody do this years ago because this is super cool (laughs) it's like uh, one of those chairs that you get when you're um when you have difficulty standing up they have chairs like that that lifts you up yeah it's like that except for so you don't have to like fight with car seats and stuff or yes. anything you have in that seat. It's just sort of like almost like an ejector chair. It's like, Woo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Speaking of, uh, of good looks, um, I had a car that, that, uh, lacks that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the sexiest uh, of cars. How can you say that, Sam? <laughs> maybe, maybe to an alien from another planet. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not aware of any any um, earthborn humans that would uh, consider it that. But no, uh, it, but it is <laughs> it is the uh, the 2022 Toyota Prius Prime, uh, which is an outstanding vehicle for fuel economy and efficiency. It is, you know, a, as Priuses have been, you know, for more than two decades. You know, it it is remarkably efficient. Um, I can cannot argue with that, and. Um, in this current generation of the Prius, and particularly the Prius Prime, it's also really hard to look at. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have never, you know, the, the current gen Prius, you know, the, the platform that they put it on, the new platform that it's on, is way better to drive than any of the previous generations of Prius. You know, I, I remember, you know, a, a decade or so ago, driving the original, the first generation Prius plug-in hybrid that was based off the the third gen Prius. So this was like 2010, 2011 timeframe. And that car had a relatively small battery for a plug-in hybrid. And 
Nominally, you know, they said it could go 11 miles on electricity, but it didn't really have enough electrical power to drive on electricity alone. So it was always kind of blended. Um, and that thing just felt so leaden and dull. This one doesn't. You know, it's got the same same platform architecture that's used for the, the current Corolla and the Camry. And it's actually quite quite pleasant to drive in that respect. You know, it's got decent driving dynamics and decent steering and everything. Um, you know, if you can get past the the weird looks of of this thing, particularly the you know the Prime takes the the standard Prius, you know, and kind of exaggerates some of the stuff. Um, you know, it's got some some weird elements like the the rear hatch. The glass in the rear hatch is actually got a it's a compound curve, and you can you can see it a little bit when you're looking out the rearview mirror. You can see just a little bit of distortion there. It's not too bad, but yeah, you know, it's it's kind of peculiar looking um the prime you know adds a bigger battery to the uh to the prius uh and it's nominally rated at 25 miles of electric driving range which is not bad you know it's not it's not yeah. not, not great uh you know if 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 you want a toyota plug-in hybrid and actually want to use you know do, to do more electric driving with it i would definitely recommend the rav4 prime over this thing uh, you know, oh, yeah, the RAV4 Prime. And it looks know, so much it, better. You, yeah, you so can everything easy, about the RAV4 Prime is better than the Prius yeah, Prime. <laughs> you, can, you can easily get 40 miles of electric driving uh, you know, on a charge with the RAV4. This one, you get 25. I, I had to go somewhere you know, that was a, a highway drive uh, the other day, and I got about 22 miles driving on the highway before oh, that's the, good. the engine came out. Yeah, that's so it's, it's better, better than I expected. You know, around town, you can probably do closer to about 27, maybe 28 miles. Uh, which is what I've done the, the previous time I've had a, a Prius Prime. Uh, the you know, the other main differences from the standard Prius uh, are the infotainment system. Yeah. One thing to you know, the all Priuses, Prime or otherwise, still have that center-mounted, long, narrow cluster, and so instead of the gauges being in front of you where they belong, they're off to one side in the middle of the dashboard, which I've always thought was a little bizarre. Wrong. It's a little wrong, wrong is what yes. it is. Um, but, and so they're still there. Uh, but uh, the, the Prime has a bigger uh, infotainment display. I think it's an 11-inch, uh, 10, 10 or 11-inch display, and it's a portrait orientation display as opposed to the smaller uh, landscape display that's in the regular uh, Priuses. Uh, and it, uh, it's still... An older version, using an older version of Toyota's Entune uh, 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 infotainment system, but with a unique interface that is not like any other Toyota. Uh, it does not have support for Android Auto. It does support Apple CarPlay, but it doesn't support Android Auto. They never, they never updated this. I think partly because the Prius, you know, is reaching the end of its current model life cycle, um, and. Uh, you know, they, they decided it wasn't worth, and, and also sales of Priuses have been declining for a number of years now. They probably felt it wasn't worth the investment to make the, the upgrade to add uh, Android Auto compatibility to it. So it's CarPlay only. Uh, the one I have uh, is the limited trim. So it actually does have a heads up display. So even though the instruments are off to one side, you know, the stuff you really need is out in front of you anyway. So it's oh, that's not that, good. Not that big a deal. Um, it's uh, the the front seats are, are heated and trimmed in Softex, which is Toyota's branding for their faux leather. 
uh, you know, it's it's fine. It, you know, it's, it's not. I wouldn't call it luxurious, but and it's got the the usual array of driver assist features that you'll find standard on uh, increasing number of cars, but especially on all Toyotas now. So it's got radar adaptive cruise control, lane keeping assist. Uh, they actually call it lane tracing assist. Um, the uh, uh, blind spot monitoring, uh, departure alert, all that, all the usual stuff. So that's that's good. Uh, you know, even uh, you know when it's operating in hybrid mode. Once once you've depleted the battery, uh, and it's operating in hybrid mode. Uh, it, it's rated at 54 miles per gallon. Uh, right now, you know uh, the the car I'm driving is showing an overall average since I started. I reset it when I started. It's showing an overall average of about 80 miles per gallon because a significant portion of that was on electricity alone, um, and it calculates it based on total miles divided, you know, or total. Yeah, total miles divided by the number of gallons you've used, and for you know, decent chunk of that, there was no gallons used. Uh, so, the you know, the Prius Prime, you, there's it's eligible for I think it's uh, let's see a forty-five hundred dollar federal tax credit because it's a plug-in hybrid, um, and the uh, the the one that I'm driving, as I said, is the Limited, and it prices out. Oops, It prices priced out at uh, scrolling across here. See the MS uh, thirty-five thousand two hundred eighty-four dollars. So um, you can you know after after the tax credit, you're looking at about thirty-one grand for this. Get about twenty-five miles of electric range, and if you're you know if you're not you know if the if the, the sight of a Prius doesn't you know make you want to hurl, then uh, it's such a then long. It's, it's a good deal. They, yeah, it's, it's roomy enough. It's never been a pretty car. I mean, no. and everyone talks about how it's not pretty, and they're like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to always like, whatever. We're going to make it the way it is, and you're going to buy it. And and for years, exact, that's exactly what happened, is we're going to make it the way it is. It has this really nice hybrid system, um, and you're you're going to buy it anyway. And people did. And, and so, you know, I guess kudos. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think the, the biggest problem that Toyota's got now is they've got – really good hybrid you know same really good hybrid drive system in most of the vehicles they sell and so you know if you want prius fuel economy yeah and you you no longer need to tolerate the way the prius looks and you know so i mean there's some you know nearly a quarter of rav4s sold now are hybrids and you know the rav4 is Toyota's best-selling vehicle yeah, and that's yeah. in the U.S. in in Europe, it's uh, it's over. It's almost fifty five percent of Rav Four sales in Europe are hybrids now. Yeah, uh, the Rav Four is. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, and you can get the same the same powertrain that's in the Prius. You can get that in a Corolla. Uh, you can get you know basically the same thing in the uh, in the Camry. You can get it in a Highlander and a Sienna. And they so, all look one hundred percent better. Yeah, so there, there's not there's not a lot of reason to buy a Prius anymore, and Prius sales have been declining steadily for several years now. And I, you know, we'll see if they if they bring out a new generation of Prius or not. I don't, you know, I don't know that there's really a, ne- a, a reason for the Prius to exist anymore. Oh, you think they get rid of it? I mean, isn't that, like how could you? They should make the Prius their new convertible lineup. It's just like just throw everyone off. Just like yeah, now a Prius is a convertible. You're like, wait, what? They're like, yeah. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like the new Prius will be something like Maz, like the Miata, tiny little two door, yeah, a little, two person, little. It'll be a little plug in hybrid yeah, with yeah. like you no, know, forty GR86. miles of range, and you're like, wee. 
No, the GR86 will be rebranded to be their new hybrid. No. Oh, you can do the GR86. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I have a question. When you back up in this uh, cur- uh, this version of the Prius, does the uh, beep, does it happen inside the car for no, no. reason? Okay. It doesn't. It used- oh not, not, not inside anymore. feature. Yeah, it I, used to. Is- it doesn't anymore. I that has to be like, what did anybody say? I feel like you always ask interesting questions when you talk to, did anybody ever say, well, the reason we did this was like, oops, I forgot. I put my car in reverse. It was oops, such a I didn't weird, know that's I, why I had to shoot. A, I shot a video with the Prius prime when it first came out and I was, I'm like, it's not just me, right? This is inside the car. We close the car. And it's like not it's outside. Like, I'm like, see, 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 yeah. see. It's like the horror movie. It's like the call is coming from within inside the, the car. The beep is coming from inside the car. Our friends yeah. bought one and they, they bought a Prius Prime. And, you know, they liked it for its fuel economy, but they said it just drove like bleh. And the wow. backing up thing was just drove in them. They, they, they went, they bought, they, they, they sold it and got an outback. And they're like, ah, I had somebody who didn't believe me. She thought I was lying. It was just a friend. It I'm seemed like, okay, like you so would lie about that. So I get back in the car and I'm like, I just like did a quick video. I shot I videoed. I'm like, here you go in the car, put the car in reverse. Listen, beep, beep, beep. There you go. <laughs> yep. No, it doesn't, doesn't do the beep. In fact, I don't think it, it doesn't even do the beep, beep on the outside anymore. I don't think. That's so weird. Double check that, but it definitely doesn't do it inside the car. Our so now you beeps. have to, you know, the, your only indication that you're in reverse is that you uh you know you see that fuzzy image uh, from the rear backup camera on the display that's 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 another thing that it, the, the the quality of the backup camera in the prius especially compared to so many modern cars now so many modern cars have a you know really sharp crisp you know uh, high resolution display from the backup camera and the prius you know You've, you've probably heard about people complain about the the webcams on Apple MacBooks, how terrible they are. Yeah, this is worse. I mean, it's it's really it's, bad. Uh, I mean, you can see what's there, but just barely. You know, it's it's not it's not a good camera. So uh, we should we should have a new Prius in what two years? I would say if there's going to be one coming, it it'll probably be within the next two years. Yeah, because I think yeah. the current one came out in 2015. So, yeah, that you know, sounds. It's, yeah, it's a pretty right. long cycle time, cycle life. Yeah, we should have a new Prius, and, and hopefully it'll have Android Auto for those who use Android, and, and it'll have a backup camera that's not from a, a, a Droid um, <laughs> a smartphone <laughs> from ten years ago. It'll. You mean from from one of these? Droid. Yeah, exactly from one of those. Droid with the little flop out. Um, slide up uh, display with the little key uh, physical keyboard underneath. Um, yeah, yeah, that is weird. Like, what do we? Where does the Prius go after, after being what it was, and now everything is what it was. Every all the technology that made the Prius the Prius is now permeated the the, the rest of the Toyota lineup. So now what? And you know, it's not like you can really transition to EVs because you've you've already got those coming too. You know, and they've they've got different branding, the BZ branding for their EVs. So, what do you do with Prius? Uh-huh. Should have kept it. They should have just kept the the Prius. They should have made the Prius their next, always the next generation vehicle. The Prius would be the next EV. The Prius would be the next, you know. Yeah, I mean, Mirai, the Prius could have transitioned to being the fuel cell car. You know, yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of Mirai, he could have called it Prius. Mirai then, looks so much better than the Prius, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Mirai is such a that's, a that's a so much nicer than the Prius, both inside yeah. and out, and comfort wise. And I mean, you can't drive it anywhere, but when you can, it's really great. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh let's see what have we got on the uh oh 
our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Last week after we stopped recording, uh, news came out about the uh, BMW XM. And we talked about that at some length, but uh, we, we didn't have we didn't record that. So what do you think of the XM? Well, first, what is the XM? Isn't it a radio station? No. So Sirius and XM merged a few years ago. And okay, so the XM. So I went down to LA and I went to a little room where they took my phone and my camera and all that, and they showed me the BMW XM. And the XM is the only the second M only car that BMW's M division has ever created. There was the 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 M1 back uh, 50 years ago. And now the XM. And one was this nice like sedan, sport car, vroom. The XM is a very large there's our SUV. Sound <laughs> See, there's the, the well it doesn't have the vroom because it's uh you know uh, uh uh well it does have the vroom. What am I talking about? It has it's a plug in hybrid. It is a so very it large room. it has it does have room as if it's a very large SUV and it has a um well, they say they want it to be a more expressive luxury in cars. And so they went bonkers on the XM. Uh, the outside. That's one is, way of putting it. Yes. It is very much like almost like paper craft. Like this like. <laughs> origami. Like sort of origami. Yeah. It's, it's got this very uh, like very these sharp edges all around it on the outside. Uh, it has the giant grill, as you would expect from, from BMW, because. Uh, they don't care what anyone says. They're going. They're sticking with the giant grill. Um, yes. What's nice is that it, uh, the grill itself, it, it, uh, the outline, it lights up. So you can have a giant 
grill coming at you. It kind of looks like two butts and floating in the air. And then to make so sure even, nobody misses it. Even in the yes. dark, you can't forget how big that grill is. You cannot forget how large <laughs> the BMW XM grill and yet, is. And as weird and as unique, as different, as in your face and origami-like as it is on the outside... The inside. It's the inside, uh, inside makes the outside look calm. <laughs> so, so you're, they're they're giving us a presentation, and they say the um, the idea, the internal code name for this car was Rockstar, and they that was essentially their north star. That was their guiding light. So the front of the vehicle has this very uh, plush brown leather. It feels very like it feels very much like something Steven Tyler would wear. Uh, maybe uh, while singing uh, Dream On um, in front of thousands and thousands of people. Then the back seat is... The, so, so the front seat is like the stage. That's where the performance happens. This is, these are things that BMW told me. The back seat is the back... <laughs> I love how you clarify. <laughs> it's the backstage. And when they, when they, when they tell you that... This is their rationalization for it. Yeah. So when they told me all that, I'm like, oh, that makes all the sense in the world. It makes perfect sense when you, when you put it into that context that it is, um, it is... Yeah, it's front stage and backstage. The backstage has velvet, like the rear seat. It's velvet. It's a car it's like that's a, a blue velvet, velvet. What and is then happening? The... the 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 seats are blue. The floor is green-ish. Um, the top has a very uh, almost like again like paper craft, but like peaks and valleys, and then has lights that come in from the side, and the lights change colors. Um, so it like it's like this little artsy fartsy thing that's going on, and I call it in my article on TechCrunch. Yes. Doo, doo, doo. Hold on, it's David Lee Roth on four wheels. <laughs> mm. David Lee I Roth, it, for those who are not unaware, was the lead singer of Van Halen back in the day, back when they were awesome. Not when they had Sammy Hagar, when they were lame, but back when they were awesome. Um, David Lee Roth is a very larger-than-life individual. He is uh, essentially the epitome of an 80s rock star. He would come out, he would do like, like karate kicks. He had long, curly hair. He would essentially, like, if he, if he make love to the camera while singing, um, he is the quintessential 80s rock star. Um, okay, and, you know, and that is exactly what they built. They built, they took, they looked at, I'm sure they just had a big poster of David Lee Roth in Germany, and they're like, how do we make this? <laughs> and they're like, you know, we got it. it. I think of, um, I think it's Russell Brand. Oh, so I, I called the back seat the Russell Brand's uh, lounge. Like okay, Russell so Brand's then we're on bedroom. the same page. I'm like, yeah. all I can think of was like, this is what Russell Brand's house would look like if we all oh, went inside yeah. his house. Yeah. This is Russell. It's the Russell Brand of cars. So the back seat's Russell. Wow, we actually thought the same yeah. back seat. Yeah. So yeah. So that was so that poster was right next to David Lee Roth. Yes. In, in Germany, like right there. The thing is, Russell Brand isn't really a rock star. It's more just a just a. No, but uh, he's yeah. like plays has, rock star kind of yeah. weird, kind of smarmy, he's, kind of like stringy. He's black got hair. all the the rock star stuff, but the actual right. like, street cred yeah. of singing and performing and. Rock right. star which is kind of like this car. It has all the rock star stuff, but does it any have any rock star street cred? <laughs> Not really. So there we go. We've reinforced the Russell Brandishness of the XM. <laughs> so, so it has it has a, a V8. It's a V8. It's a V8 with a hybrid. It has where's where are my numbers? Here we go. It has a plug-in hybrid, and it puts out 750 horsepower, 737 pound-feet of torque. Um, it has. Uh, it's going to have an EV only range. They're targeting 30 miles EPA uh, range of EV, which is better than the Prius Prime. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> so better than the Prius Prime, more powerful than the Prius Prime, and more insane than anything else that's on the road. And they they really wanted something for people who are extroverts, people who are like, look at me, look at me. You know, the 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 the, the fellas that drive the the Lamborghini um, to rest. the club. And but they never actually take it to the track or outside of L.A. You know, it's always driving under 60 miles an hour. Um, so those folks, but they want more legroom. They, you know, they they were when I asked about cross shopping, like what is the person who's buying this? What else are they looking at? And they're like, well, they're not really looking at like uh, uh, like cross shop as you would like you know a CRV versus a Rav4. They're looking at these very larger than life vehicles. So they were talking about the Urus and they talked about the G wagon. So they, 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 they essentially looked at those two cars and like, hold my beer. And they just went the next level. They just went for it. And So it, it's, it looks to me, you know, looking at this thing, like they contracted out the design to Mansori. Maybe. I, mean, this, I this talked is, to the designer. This is the impression <laughs> I get is that or, – or at least they took strong inspiration from, you know, the, the, the vehicles that Mansori builds. And for those not mm. familiar with Mansori – you know, back when there was still a Geneva auto show, you know, this, mm-hmm. I think they're Swiss, if I'm not mistaken. You know, Probably. They, they take, you know, vehicles from other companies and they customize them. They pimp their rides. <laughs> yeah, they, they pimp the rides. <laughs> they really, really pimp the rides. Oh, boy, with do they pimp the rides. all sorts of crazy. Do they ever pimp the rides? <laughs> yeah. And, and this, this looks like something that Mansori would have created. It does. Yeah. You're yeah, right. That sounds about yeah. right. And, and you know, this is coming as you know, a production version of this is coming about a year from now. It's supposed to you know go into production uh, late 2022 at, at BMW's Spartanburg plant. Um, first of all, size wise, you know, where does this fit relative to like the X5 and the X7, and you know, how much of this is do you expect is going to carry over to the production model? I think I, I think clearly the 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 body shape is probably going to be pretty much carryover, but how much of this interior design is, they, is going to They told me that overall it's 90% of what we'll see in production. It's pretty much there. There's a few city. things that they, like, they had, like, these very, they had these, like, dark um, glass over the, uh, over the, the, the license plate and stuff. They're like, oh, we can't do stuff like that. There's, like, little things that they can't do because of regulatory issues um, that they're going to, yeah, they're going to, they're going to get rid of. But I think a lot of it is going to stick, and I think they are. Um, the velvet Elvis back I, seats. I, 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 that velvet. They made such a big deal about it. I, there's no way that's going to go away. Oh. That has to stick around. And I, I think they, I think that for the people, for the folks who are, that they built this for, they're going mm-hmm. to like it. They're going to look at this and be like, yeah. Yeah, this is exactly what I, what I want. The rest of us are going to be like, oh, this is a little too much. As a like, 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 like hanging out with Russell Brand, it's a little bit too much. Or hanging out with David Diamond Dave. Diamond Dave is amazing. I don't want to hang out with Diamond David Lee Roth. Yeah, uh, I feel like, <laughs> I, you know what, that is the thing. Like for the right, like for 99.9% of humanity, no. But no. for that 0.1%, this car is going to be so... On, no. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be so on, on brand and to the yeah. point that they're going to have this car as one of their multitude of cars, and their friends are going to get it and go, "Oh my gosh, this is like totally amazing!" Yes. So people are going to love it. 
Yes, people are going to love this vehicle. Um, the people who, who, who should love it will, will likely love it. They're going to sit in the back seat and be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This and is the, the rest of us ever. are just going to, like, look at it from afar and maybe they take go, a photo. You guys and nuts, go, but okay. It'll go on Instagram because it looks so much – it looks different from anything else. You know, oh it's, still, it's still very much a BMW, but it's very different from a BMW. And it's – yeah. Yeah, when they showed it to us, we were like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so we'll see. we'll see how it does. I mean, maybe they're only going to sell, like – you know, 2000 a year, who knows? Um, but if that's what they, they think they want to sell, then I forgot to ask how many they want to sell. I well, would. they, they only, they only built about 450 or so M ones in total. And, yeah. And so yeah. I mean, it was a pretty rare car and I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I mean, Mercedes, you know, AMG, you know, for the last decade has had, you know, dedicated models that weren't part of the standard, you know, there weren't versions of, of Mercedes vehicles, you know, they've got the GT, mm-hmm. you know, the four-door GT. They had the SLS before, you know, and, you know, those don't sell in huge numbers. But, uh, you know, I would expect, you know, that they'll probably be able to, you know, move, uh, you know, at least at least a thousand, you know, maybe 2,000 of these things a year, oh, yeah. you know, in certain markets. Yeah. I, I You know, and, and it's funny because BMW is a very, um, it's a very conservative con- company, like, you know, when when it comes to, to a lot of stuff, they're like, whoa, we don't know about that. We don't, you know, about things. And the idea that the board just told them to go nuts was a say. <laughs> and that's what happened. They're like, and they did. Yeah, just do what you like, sort of like do what you want. Have a good time. And they're like, all right, cool. <laughs> and they did it. Just go, uh, go, go. We want to use velvet. Have at it, boys. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, the XM, I, I, you know, right now we're all like, uh, but I, I'm telling you in 20 years at a Cars and Coffee, when there's like one of these at the thing, everyone's going to crowd around it and they're going to take pictures and be like, oh, remember this weird car? All the people on, on Twitter who are like, this is the ugliest thing ever. They're going to be losing, you know, again, in 20, 25 years, they're going to be at the Cars and Coffee taking pictures and pretending like they loved it from the beginning. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. Even yeah. though we hated it. That'll be you. Robbie's going to be like, yeah, I got one of these. I always love I don't, it. I don't like hate it. I know exactly what, I know who it's for, and I really want to drive one, but I, I, I don't want one. It's too, it's a little too much, but it is very much, like, when you say Rockstar and I look at it and you look at all the things, you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is exactly what this is. <laughs> okay. Um, next up. Uh, the Toyota GR86, which uh, we have uh, in, you know, in its in incarnations with either Toyota or Subaru BRZ badges, I think we've all been very enthusiastic about uh, since it was launched a few months ago. Um, it's going on sale in Europe, uh, but looks like it's only going to have a two-year model run in the EU. Um, so you know, for customers that, that want one, you better get one now because after that... It will not be available, at least not in its current form, because of tightening emission standards in Europe. Um, the the current you know the current version with the 2.4 liter boxer four cylinder um, just won't be able to meet the new regulations. Um, so, yeah, go go get one now. Yeah, I, I think have they talked about has Subaru or Toyota talked about doing a hybrid version of the BRZ or GR86? I haven't heard anything. I haven't about heard it. anything about it. I feel like it, it's going to be a tough, you know, it's it's already on a, its own, you know, it's got its, it, make building that into that platform and still keeping the uh, 
the di- driving dynamics of the GR86 and the BRZ is probably going to be tough because you're going to throw yeah. another. You're going to throw a lot of like weight in there, and um, I think this is such a low, you know, it's it's kind of a low yield vehicle to begin with, so I don't think they're going to do a lot of work on making the GR86 uh, a hybrid for a lot of, you know, it's a lot of money to make a car that doesn't sell, that only sells to enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. They only sells to 20-year-old kids and us. <laughs> <laughs> and us. <laughs> and us, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, it'd be nice, but yeah, I don't, yeah. So two yeah. years, get on it, people in the EU. Okay. Uh, Polestar uh, had an event in uh, New York this week. They showed off. Um, it, let's see, they showed off a camouflaged version of the Polestar Three, which is the next product they've got coming out. And they also talked a little bit about the the next two follow-on models after that. So the Polestar Three is coming out uh, again about a year from now. Uh, should be out later in in 2022. Um, and then the Polestar Four. It, and the Polestar 3 is um, a larger performance crossover that's based on the same platform as the next generation of the Volvo XC90, which is coming out around the same time. Um, the 3 is going to be built uh, in South Carolina at the same plant where uh, Volvo's currently building cars. Uh, and then the 4 will be a smaller crossover coupe thing uh, which it sounds like they haven't given a lot of detail, but it sounds like it may be based on the same platform as the Polestar 2 and the Volvo XC40. Uh, so the Volvo car group uh, compact modular architecture. Uh, and then the Polestar 5 coming in 2020. Uh, the 4 is coming in 23. The 5 is coming in 2024. And that's going to be a high performance sedan, which I think is going to share the platform with the, uh, the 3. Um, and that's going to be basically a production version of the Precept, the Polestar Precept concept they showed last year. Um, so what do you, you know, have you two taken a look at the, uh, the Polestar 3 and, you know, any thoughts on this thing? I, I saw the, 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 the QR code looking vehicle. Um, <laughs> it does look like a QR code. Yeah, like I, like, yeah. like I click on it and it gives me the menu of like the local Mexican restaurant that I love to go to. Swedish meatballs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, it might just have Swedish meatballs. I, I, I have a funny story I it's, can't say on the radio. It's actually, it's actually the on the podcast, but I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you all later. <laughs> I'm so sorry, audience, that I can't tell you this because it would get someone in a lot of trouble. Um, Uh-oh. but, um, yes, no, I mean, I, I like the Polestar. I like the Polestar one. It's just this weird, wacky halo car that they built and it was fun to drive the Polestar two. Um, I know it has that giant, that really high, uh, <laughs> Solar battery. Yeah. You want to put your your arm on the window, and it looks like, like the three does as well. Yeah, um, but I think it's it's. You know, I, I really like that car. I love driving that car. And then you know the the Polestar and 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 Volvo. Um, this is a weird thing to say, but their uh, regenerative braking, their one 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 pedal driving, is like the best in the business. It's just like you let your foot out, like the first, like within three intersections, you're like, oh, I got this. This makes so much sense. Um, yeah, I think you know. I think this is. Uh, you know, the evolution of this brand. Um, it's sort of weird, though, because it was very much like Polestar is the performance EV brand. Um, and I think maybe they were like, let's do that before they decided, oh, by the way, we're going to make everything in Volvo an EV. So I think the three, from the th- from the four on, they, they, they really have to start sort of differentiating themselves from Volvo because it gets... 
pretty tough to be like, oh, yeah, you can get the Polestar 2 or you can get the XC40, which has just as much power and it has a little bit more room and it looks a little bit more. Uh, um, it looks conventional. Conventional, yeah. But then that said, I've seen a lot of Polestar 2s in the Bay Area recently. Like a lot. Like someone actually sent me a message who lives here and is like, I've been seeing a lot of Polestar 2s. So they, they're on to something. I think they're, you know, I think I've seen more of those than I've seen the XC40. So maybe maybe people want something different, which is good. Yeah, but, I, I can imagine, you know, especially in your area there that, you know, you look around, it, you know, Tesla Model 3s are everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, it's the Silicon Valley um, you know, Camry now. It is. It, it's a, it's like an all stars, all birds. You got an all pair of all birds and a Model Three. That's how. That's 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 the Bay Area. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, I, I can I can imagine some people say, okay, everybody's got a Model Three or a Model Y. I'm going to get something different. And you know, San Jose was one of the first places where Polestar opened up one of their dealerships. Uh, so you know, it would make sense that, that you know that there'd be a fair number of them in that area. Yeah, they they have a they have a a showroom in the same mall as Lucid. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah, it's 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 a fun, it's a fun world up here. In the, uh, <laughs> it's a fun world. It's a mad, 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 mad. It's mad a mad, world. mad, mad, mad world. I mean, I like the XC90 a lot. Um, I think you know if Polestar can sort of like tweak it a little bit, so it's a little bit more theirs. Then yeah, more, I think it's they're gonna do they're gonna do well as a you know sort of a. Small player in a in, in a in in large in increasingly larger EV pond. Well, I, you know, looking at this you know this photo that they released, you know, I like the proportions of it. You know, it's got a nice athletic stance to it. You know, it's got big wheels and you know some uh, you know fairly pronounced haunches, especially in the rear quarters. Uh, yeah, it like you know most or <laughs> increasing number of SUVs now. You know, it's got the the same sort of shape to the side glass where it sweeps up at the back, you know, at the C pillar, um, you know, which is fine. Uh, but you know, overall, you know, the, the shape looks really good. You know, and I, I think it'll, if, you know, if the Polestar two is anything to go by, it should be a very fun car to drive too. It's a bit like the, the Ionic five where the picture you're like, Oh, okay. Well, this is like a, it looks small. I'm sure it looks smaller in a picture than it does in real life. Because, because it, looks, it does look rather compact. It looks we like a compact. It looks like a picture. like a quick but little this, like a quick little subcompact like SUV. And they're like, it's the same thing as the XC90. You're like, oh, okay, what? Yeah, I mean yeah, this this deceptive. thing you know, is probably sitting on 21 or 22 inch wheels, so yeah. it you know, makes it look smaller than it is. It's so that's that's the new trick to make things look smaller. Big Just put wheels. Big, big wheels. Great big big wheels. wheels. Big wheels. <laughs> All right. I think that's all the news items we've got for this week. We've got some uh, some listener emails and, and questions. So let's start off um, with uh, Yakov Nimoy, who's written in numerous times in the past. Um, and uh, Yakov sent us a, a fairly long email uh, in response to our previous conversation about um, using a phone as a key. Uh so I'll, I'll go through this here. I was listening to you talk about what it's really, whether it's about if it's really worth it to unlock your car with your phone, or if keys really are that much of a hassle. And I thought I'd share my personal vision how this is supposed to work and why we as customers might want these features. Uh, when it comes to it comes to modern cars, the best experience is a seamless one. 
Most folks don't want to go anywhere without their phone. So in my opinion, the best experience is where you just walk up to your car, open the door, uh, the car recognizes you by your phone, moves the seat into place, maybe uses some biometrics all inside the, the car, logs into the infotainment with, into your user profile, and automatically provides wireless CarPlay or Android Auto as well. The driver just needs to put the car into gear and drive. This is effectively the only action you need to take in order to drive. Um, in order to drive, essentially, you get in and go. Some cars on the market already do some of these things, and my prediction is we'll see a lot more of this standard and across the board. Uh, plus, when you think how enabling it is for folks who wear outfits that don't have a good place to carry any keys, the complete use of these benefits, uh, complete, complete, complete ease of use benefits everyone while quietly adding accessibility. If you compare that to the other brands like OXO, Good Grips, that kind of fundamental design is the gold standard for making tools useful for as many folks as possible. It's not that we didn't get used to carrying car keys. It's just that things fundamentally change when you take away one thing that folks always had to carry them with, to carry with them. Still, for this to work, technically the phone and the car have to connect directly, place a smartwatch, uh, perhaps a smartwatch can operate as a backup. Uh, likewise, there needs to be a manual way to get in, which is where biometrics might become increasingly uh, might become inc interesting technically. When I rented a Renault Majan once traveling in Israel, you find some interesting older vehicles still in rental fleets per compared to the U.S. This car came with a plastic box of a key about the size of a Walkman, which you insert into the center console like a CD cartridge setup. That thing was bulky. Moreover, every car in Israel has a five-button keypad installed where you enter in a code to unlock the starter. This is, where, this is because of the very high rate of car theft there. When I, drove it off, when I dropped it off at a different location than where I got it, the folks at the desk had to ask me for the code because they don't keep it on file online between locations. There are a lot of non-U.S. markets where this kind of system could significantly help solve other problems as well. Basically, keys aren't the problem, but when car makers get these systems to work reliably, or not having keys will really uh, change things for the better. So let me say a couple things first. So the, the five-button keypad, that's actually a common thing in Europe, uh, you know, basically immobilizers uh, to disable the, uh, the starter, um, especially in the U.K. Uh, they're very common because uh, they have a lot of car theft as well. Um, his comments about you know, this being seamless <coughs> and the phone needing to connect directly to the car, um, you know, you know what also connects directly to your car? Keys. Key fob. <laughs> It doesn't I, need to go through the cloud. Either. I mean, I, I understand the the, the 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 desire because we want everything. We want our phones to be everything, but also I still have to carry car keys. So that extra one extra key isn't like I don't have all every car key on one key ring. Like I have a key ring for each car key, and the only car key that's on my main keys is the BRZ. Like the Jaguar has its own it sits by itself. The Hyundai sits by itself because I don't drive those cars as often. But that, having that 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 Subaru key on there isn't really that big of a pain in the ass because I, all my other keys are there. I have to get back into my house. I literally <laughs> normally just have like the car key on me, like because I, I I just I don't know. It's not that big of a deal. I'm carrying one and carrying with it. Maybe it's because I'm always carrying press keys, you know, and just have this yeah. revolving assortment of keys and have to throw it up on top of the shelf in case it's blocking somebody in in my driveway, you know, but. I, I don't mind carrying a key. It's not that. I, 
I also think the card, the card, like I think, uh, was it Tesla has the little card that you can yeah, use. Yeah, NFC card. Yeah, the little NFC card. I think those are fine as well because it's a small card. You can put in your wallet, you can put in your purse, you can put in your, your whatever. And those are nice because theoretically, you know, like if I lose my or if I'm someplace and my car key, my key fob gets wet, I could screw it up and my little my little credit card situation yeah, will boop, still boop, be boop. good, well, which is great. You know, Jaguar and, like, for, if the, to, for the iPace, they, you can get uh, like the a bracelet. wristband. It's, it's like a yeah. Fitbit wristband. I, I couldn't get it to work, but you can get it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it don't work, but I got one. Well, they're like, oh, it's for surfing, it's for this, but I couldn't get it to work reliably. And I'm like, I'm not going surfing and then leave with the Jaguar. And then suddenly I can't get back into the Jaguar. Now I don't have a phone. (laughs) I'm just standing outside of this Jaguar like like an idiot. Uh, But yeah, like the NFC stuff, I think those work really well. I think the the phones, I mean, if it works well, it does. That's great. But phones are so, I mean, we change them out all the time. People don't remove their information from their phone when they trade it in. You know, you lose your, you know, you don't put your car keys down as much as you put your phone down, like in a restaurant. I was going through uh, TSA this weekend and someone left their phone in the little bowl. And I was just like, that person's going to have a bad time in about five minutes. Um, Yeah, right. I, I know that you know, we that we're we're attached to our phones like there's there's no tomorrow, but they're also you know we we trade them out pretty often, and I'm I'm always like my in my brain I'm always concerned about like the okay well I've traded in my my iPhone and now someone gets your iPhone they can look oh this is where they live, oh and this is where their car is, boom. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as opposed to a key, we're like, well, I got to drive around and just keep pushing the button and next to every Subaru in the state. Or I have this key fob, you know, if, if you have a Tesla, I have to drive around with this NSC card and just keep running up to Tesla's <laughs> trying to open them. Yeah, I, it's, it's I, 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 yeah, I mean, I understand the, the desire and it's, it's cool when it works. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I, I totally agree, you know, with Yakov that the, the experience should be as seamless as possible. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, my wife, for example, you know, she drives the Civic most of the time and she just leaves the key in her purse, you know, because she takes her purse whenever she goes out of the, goes somewhere and it's got her phone and it's got her key fob in there. And when she walks up to the car, it automatically unlocks. She just grabs the handle and it's unlocked. And when she walks away from the car, when she gets more than when you get more than four or five feet away from the car, click it locks. So you don't have to mess with anything. It it's there on her all the time anyway. And you know, to, to what Yakov said here, you know, about uh, you know you know uh, pe- different outfits that uh, that people have. You know, it's like you know what's usually smaller than most people's phones? The key fob. <laughs> yeah. Phones are so I can't like I can't comfortably sit down for a long time with my phone in my pocket. No, I always yeah. take my phone. I have out to of take my like if I, I sit know, down I at a restaurant, my, I'm like I gotta yeah. take this out of my plop. You can leave your gonna, keys stuck in your yeah. You can and leave my keys, keys stand there because it's just like pocket. a jumble of lines, but the phone right. has to come out. Yeah, I agree. Concur. I always take my phone out and stick it like on the table, not because I want to read it, but because I'm like I can't sit with this in my back pocket. And if you if you're a lady, you can have like a nice little clutch. Is that like with the small? Is that what a small perch is called? Yes, a clutch? I, there you good go. Good job, nicely done. Yes, that would be a <laughs> yeah, clutch. Yeah, you have a, a little clutch, perch. and then you have your keys good. and your phone. You can put your keys and your phone yeah. in there. Yeah. Anyway, you know, my, my wife's purse is you know a little bit bigger than a, a typical clutch, I think, but it's a small purse. And it's got enough room for her phone and her wallet and her keys and her car key. You know, it's like she just you know you don't have to do anything. It, it it is a seamless experience already. Plus the keypads and like on the floor, that's still kind of yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah, I think that's a, that's an awesome backup solution. Yeah, you know, whoopsie. Yeah, 
you know, you get obviously the, the thing you don't want to do is any system where the phone has to go through the cloud yeah, and connect that's... to some network somewhere to unlock your car. You yeah. know, it, it, it absolutely does. Whatever you do, whether it's a phone or, you know, an NFC card or whatever else or ultra wideband, it needs to be a direct connection. That that's that's essential. I'm also a big fan, and, and I do this in, in – I'm a big fan of the technology in the device is a single-purpose technology. Your phone has like 70,000 purposes. Mm-hmm. The, the key fob has one job, and that's to unlock <laughs> the car and start it. Yeah, and I do – and like in, in, in my bands, like I have the same – like I don't like computers on stage except for the one where I have to DJ. By the way, the computers failed while I was DJing. Um, <laughs> the software's <laughs> nice. crashed second to last song, and I have a whole audience being like, what's going on? But like on stage, I don't want computers on stage. Like, you know, and I know most of the synthesizers and most of the little things that you buy you know, are, are, are mini computers, but they have one job. And if their one job is to play music, they're not going to get messed up by Twitter or, like, throwing a notification. <laughs> so that's my other thing about the, the, the earphone as a, as a keep up. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's going to get better and people are going to use it in five years. You know, everyone's going to have their key, uh, their, their phone as a keep up. I'll probably still be walking around with the key, though, or at least a little card. I, I do like the little card thing, the little NFC card. I like the card. I don't, I'm I not. I stick it in my wallet, smack my wallet against the car, <laughs> get in the card right away. Yeah, but I mean, ideally, you don't even want to have to take your wallet out and and tap it to. The oh car. yeah, I get next to the car, yeah. rub rub my yeah. butt against it or something. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Starting my car. I'm 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 opening my car. Just rubbing my and butt that's against how it. Ross got arrested on the last press drive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up from Michael Sim um, says, "My boys and I just completed our day trip to the LA Auto Show. First, can I write how thankful I am that we have an in-person auto show open to the general public? If Yay! I may, here are a few thoughts. Uh, number one, the future of the electric vehicle appears both overwhelmingly likely, but also fraught with terror and vaporware. <laughs> fraught <laughs> with terror. Terror and vaporware is pretty much yeah. That's a lot of automakers, really." <laughs> Uh, In addition to the expected offerings from mainline uh, manufacturers like Nissan, Hyundai, Ford, and Toyo Buru, uh, (laughs) there are EVs from Fisker and Canoe. Uh, I pick those two as having more likelihood of achieving actual production given their valuation and seemingly reasonable plans. Of note, I am a Fisker Ocean Reservation holder. I think uh, companies such as Indy EV, Mullen, and Imperium have a high possibility of non-existence. Can't disagree with you on that. No, that's that's mm. that's pretty much spot on. Like you can yeah. kind of look at the 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 EV like world and see which ones are likely going to make it. I, mean, I think Lucid, Rivian, Fisker. I think those are three that that are going to do well. Canoes. Well, they're I don't know, um, but you know, <laughs> I, I, it's it's tough for Canoe because you know they they have now they're going up against GM with Brightco with uh, like Bright not Bright is it Brightco Bright Drop. Bright Drop, sorry, Bright Cove's the old video uh, platform. Yeah. Um, Bright Drop, um, so that's that, that's going to be tough for them. But I think you know. But then you look at the, all these other EV makers, and you're like, oh, you have a nice idea. It's hard to make a car. It's impossible to make a hundred. It's it's it is a Herculean feat to do that to, at scale. So good luck. Yeah. All right. Second point from Michael. Contrary to my current EV usage, as daily drivers a Tesla Model Three and possible future with a Fisker. My future potential cars on my list include two V8 sedans, although both are underpinned by similarly antiquated structures. I was largely unimpressed by the Lexus IS500, while the Dodge Charger 392 Scat Pack continues to carry the charm of an old but still relevant celebrity. 
Uh, well, Michael, if you uh, if you have any plans to get that charger, uh, I would do it sooner rather than later because yeah. Dodge has already said that uh, end of 2023, uh, the Charger and Challenger in their current form are going away and uh, they're going to be replaced by EVs. So if you want, I wonder if they'll corner any better. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll have a lower center of gravity. Oh, that's true. Cornerings for wimps. Listen, the, the Charger and the Challenger do exactly what they're supposed to do. And they loud, do it extremely Loud in a straight line. Well. Yeah, loud and in a straight line. Yeah, they're, they're classic American muscle cars. Yes. Yep. Um, point three. Why did Toyota lock the doors on the GR86, but Subaru invited <laughs> Joe Blow like me to sit in the new BRZ and the WRX to boot? Okay, so the Toyota booth was very odd. They had a lot of cars, but everything was locked, and it was—it didn't feel very. In, I don't know. I—I—it I, was very large too. They, it, mm -hmm. it covered a lot of. They had a lot of real estate there, and instead of showing the BX4Z on their like sort of main stage, they had the Tundra. And I understand like money-wise, that's the car you want to sell because. Big trucks make a lot of money. The, the, the well, plus that's what they're going to have available to sell. Yeah, you know. This and then month. they had they had the, their new technological next generation, the future, like in a corner in a little like circle thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, it's, meanwhile, you go over to the Subaru booth. Subaru booth is like a, it's like it's like summer camp over there. They have like they've actually made like recreated the outdoors. They have this crazy floor, and they're like, yeah, you want to sit in our new Solterra? Go for it. You want to sit in? Yeah, here, play pet a dog. It just felt like Subaru was so much. Pet a dog. Subaru was like inviting everyone in with Toyota's like. This is our stuff. You can look at it or not. Whatever, man. <laughs> and, and keep, you know, Toy Toyota's not a big fan of EVs anyway. So, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah we're going to do this because we have to. But, you know, we don't really want you to buy this. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Subaru is like, love is electric. Like, they're just going all in. It's the same car. But they... Yeah. <laughs> But they, they they stuck all the Subaru things on it. They had one, they had the 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 the, uh, the what's the thing? Go, the roof rack on top, and they had all. <laughs> like he's like, I, I was I was putting my hands above my head. He's for the flailing listeners. above his head. I'm like, I don't know what that's supposed what's to be. What's this thing? Right? What's happening? What's going on? They're crowned. They, they no. did Subaru things with the Subaru. They did Subaru things with the Subaru. I I, I was only there for half of the for half of the the first press day, and so I don't know if they actually put a dog in the car, but I'm sure they did at some point. At some point, a dog was sitting in that that car, because of it's Subaru. It but yeah, I think Subaru just. I think overall, like their 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 LA Auto Show experience was more like, come come on, let's hang out, let's have a party. You want to roast some marshmallows? Where, where Toyota just felt like very sterile and like, eh. Just just don't look down at the floor in the Subaru booth, you know. Yeah, yeah. A little, like weirdly, like Ooh. very disorienting. <laughs> what are they pumping into the yeah. air here? Woo uh, Volvo and Lincoln have done a magnificent job with their interiors. Both manufacturers have mastered a mix of clean design, tasteful materials, and useful buttons. Oh yeah, totally. Those, the, the, sure. the Lincoln, yes. like you get in Lincoln, the the current gen like lineup of Lincolns, you just get into them after like the last one. You're like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. so nice. Yeah, especially when you compare it to the Fords to sitting next door. Oh, yeah. You know, that the, have the same underpinnings, but they they feel and look so completely different. Yeah, they do. They feel so much different. And, of course, Volvo is just like, hey, we're going to make everything very minimalistic, but also, like, here's the things. Beautiful. You need. Very Swedish. And, and hey, do you like crystals? Because. <laughs> we got crystal. <laughs> Crystal shifters. 
Crystal shifters. All right. Uh, Mike says, I think I will stop here. Thanks for always being a source of excellent industry information and fun banter. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, happy belated Thanksgiving to you too, Michael. Uh, next up, from Gupta AJ, um, he asks, uh, stoplight drag racing in a full-size truck, Ford or Toyota Hybrid? Uh, I think one of us Raptor. responded back, don't. Um, uh, you know, we, we do not endorse stoplight drag racing. That is not mm-hmm. a thing you should be doing. It is bad. It, it is so very bad. It's because absolutely not. I think people think that their car is just going to go into a straight line. And I yeah. think there are tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of YouTube videos that show cars that um, the person just not in a straight line. Uh, try to take off really fast and go in a straight line. And then anything like a little bit of oil on the on the asphalt, like tires, like maybe one's a little bit lower than the other. Um, it Things get hairy really quick. And now you're off into a ditch or you're off hitting someone else's car. You're, you're off, on the public street where yeah. there's people and buildings and other cars. and People and- on walking no. and children and puppies no. and birds no, no, no. and whatnot if you're looking yeah if you want to do something like i want to go fast on a straight line you go out to the middle you know what you can probably go to your local uh racetrack like sonoma mm-hmm. here the sonoma track they have a quarter mile day where you can go as a human with your regular car and you can do a quarter mile on a nice racetrack where people can see what you're doing and there's like medics and emergency crews there <laughs> And so and if you help you when you go sideways, yeah, and people help you if you go sideways. And if that's what you want to do, um, Ford Raptor. That that said, uh, he did uh, he did re- reply after that. Uh, so he's just looking for traction acceleration. So uh, you know, assuming that you're going to use these in an appropriate manner, you know, at your local drag strip. As, as now that we've to, ranted, uh, yeah, now that we've ranted because as I don't want to. You know, from a so stoplight, um, you know. Which of these two, you know, would you say for, you know, traction and acceleration? I mean, I, it's been, I don't know, probably 10, 10 months, 10, 11 months since I drove an F-150 hybrid. Uh, just drove the, uh, the Tundra hybrid a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, you know, spec-wise, they're, they're pretty close. You know, the, the Tundra is rated at 437 horsepower, 583 foot-pounds. Um, the, the Ford is, I think, about 450 horsepower, about 560, 70 horse, foot-pounds. So, I mean, they're, they're in the same ballpark. Uh, I mean, have, have either of you driven the two of them closer together in, no. in time? I've Not done close thoughts. enough. I've only driven. I haven't driven the Toyota. I've only driven the the, the F one fifty, which I didn't feel like drag racing because it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a truck. I just I don't. I mean, I've driven the the Raptor. And I'm like, oh wow, this goes really fast. And you know, but it's also a truck, which always feels like why why, why? that's not a thing I want to do in a truck. I want to go get some mulch or some turtles that are split <laughs> in two and made out of concrete. Big, big cement turtles. Yeah, I want to I want to be able to haul something. I want to haul, not ass, but like everything else, like like a trailer and a boat and <laughs> other things. But I mean, I, people want to go fast in a big truck. Oh. I mean, if, if you, if that you, should be the title of this episode, not ass, but everything else. <laughs> I want to haul something. Yeah. I, I think, you know, if, if, if what you're really looking for, you know, is maximum acceleration in a truck, you know, either, you know, get yourself a Ram TRX um, mm. or... Uh, you know, next spring, uh, an F-150 Lightning. You know, the, oh, the Lightning. The Lightning's going to have more power and more torque than either of these trucks. It's going to be significantly quicker than either of these trucks. Um, you know, there's also, I mean, there's the Hummer EV, which is also a lot more expensive. Yeah, um, it's quicker. very, very heavy. But, it, you know, to, 
in terms of you know toy you know tundra versus f-150 hybrid you know which, whichever one is less offensive to your eyes i would say there you uh, go. you know spec wise there's not really a whole lot to you to get you get the fancy them. the fancy uh stuff uh tailgate stuff with the ford and you can get the, the this true. is true and, uh, the and you plug get the pro in, power the, on board yeah the pro power on board is awesome we played yeah. we played mario kart in the middle of a field with it so and the fancy table that you can flip down by the gear shift. Yeah. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, and the fancy table you fold down. Yeah. Per- perfect for your cookies. Perfect for your cookies. Or or burritos, which I've eaten. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I need to eat a burrito. Or you can work. I put my computer on there and did some work, but mostly I just ate burritos with it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. And I think we have one last question, and I think uh, there's really only one of the three of us that is suitable to answer this one. This is from, Rob, Dan, you're on. from Dan Vesma. Uh, says, having just got our first rescue puppy and our first old X-Type Jaguar, uh, any tips for happy motoring with four-legged friends? Okay, so so first off, um, I, 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 you know, we, we, we did have a cover in the back, but when we stuck the cover in the, in the, in the Kona, and now we don't have a cover, and it's got, like, we got, like, this leather interior, the dogs love it. <laughs> <laughs> What's nice, but I will say that the door opens wide enough for the dogs to jump in and out. There's two of them. One's a German Shepherd, one's a like a little miniature German Shepherd. Uh, they have enough room. They both lay down. It's not as much room as, say, like a wagon or an SUV would, would afford them. But, yeah. And, you know, you know what? The uh, the big one, the, the big German Shepherd, he likes to stick his head out of the uh, out of the sunroof. So, you know, oh, open the sunroof. Nice. You know, but you, you do have to be careful when you, when you have a new dog and you have in the, the back of the car is they will – because they want to be with you because they love you. Um, they will keep trying to get into the front seat. So what we ended up having to put is the cage. So now it's like the dogs have been arrested. So we have like a little cage. They feel like they're riding around in a cop car. Yeah, yeah. It feels like they're riding around in, in the back of a cop car, um, especially when they're younger. And then as they sort of learn, you can. we don't have the cage in the Kona because they sort of know that they can only come up so far. So um, so they, they stick their head back and out and, you know, you pet them and you tell them they have to go back and they do. Uh, but, yeah, for the first one, I, I would probably get the uh, get a seat cover. Those are like, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks. Get like one of those little cages. Um, it's going to be a pain in the ass if you ever want people sitting back there because you got to take the cage out every time. Uh, but, it, you know, it's, it's going to be helpful because it's going to keep your puppy from trying to get into the front seat and sit in your lap while you're trying to turn or drive. Or you just, you know, it's, it's cute when the puppy's licking your face. It's less cute when the puppy's licking your face and it distracts you and now you're in a car accident. So, <laughs> yeah, get a little cage, get a little seat cover. Um, yeah, the, the, the dogs really like the, 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 the Jaguar. It's great I mean, for just around town stuff. And, and ideally, you know, even better than the cage, you know, is actually, you know, buckling in your, your, uh, your pooch. Um, yeah, use know, the little you, latches things. Yeah, you, know, you can, uh, you can. You know, at any pet store, you can usually buy, you know, a little, it's like a, a short little lead, you know, that's got, you know, one side plugs into the seatbelt buckle and, you know, the other side latches onto the, uh, the dog's harness or collar, uh, preferably a, a, a harness when they're riding around. Oh, know, yeah. Less, Use less, don't. less, you know, spread the load around, not, not just a regular neck collar. Um, you know, and that's, that's going to be a lot safer for you and for the dog. You know, if something does happen, you know, even if it's not, you know, if somebody hits you, you know, if the dog is restrained, you know, there's a lot less chance of them being injured and, you know, you mm-hmm. don't want, you don't want your puppy getting hurt. So. Yeah, definitely the, the harness. Don't, don't, if you're, if you're, even if you just put your dog in the backseat with the, with the leash, 
mm-hmm. um, while you're driving, like a short distance or whatever, like you put the leash on a harness just because you don't want that that leash getting stuck on something and it's around their collar and the, you know then the dog's like trying to escape and it's hurting itself or it, it gets you know it gets hurt during during an impact and so yeah man that, that turned into a downer from fun like <laughs> car thing to like okay this is what you well yeah i mean <laughs> keep your doggies you keep your puppies you want, safe you, you want your dog to have fun in the car but also be safe and yeah you know, my my dogs you know they love riding around with the top down you know uh just like uh like nico nico's the big one right uh, Bowie's the big one. Bowie, Nico's Bowie's the little the one. Just like Bowie likes to stick his head out the sunroof, you know. By, oh, by here just like to, You know, they like riding around in the Miata with the top down. You know, having stick a party their head out over the over the side <laughs> there in the breeze. Yeah, it's great. It's a dog party. Yeah, absolutely. Dogs dog and cars party. are great. Well, most most dogs and cars. I, so my dog hates cars, so Aww. that's why I'm being quiet. My puppy doesn't like that. Yeah, well, my, my my one of my neighbors has a collie that also doesn't like going in the car. Either. She gets uh, she gets very upset tummy when she go when she has to go in the car. Gets very agitated. If we are going on a long drive, we we rent a minivan for the dogs because it's got a low like mm. you know it's easy to get right. into. There's a lot of space. You can put other people in the car and still the dogs still have like an entire play area. And um, you know when they're sitting in the car like initially they're like yeah my head's out the window. And then after a while they're like all right now what? <laughs> and then they have like a lot of room to lay down. We put blankets like we put a, a cover down. Then we put like comforters down. Yeah. No, the dogs great. are living the life uh, here, at the, here in the Baldwin household is what I'm saying <laughs> alright that's it for this week thank you all very much and we'll see you next time bye bye I gotta go take pictures of that Pathfinder you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need Viator Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.